0: Welcome to the final episode of Joe Thomas's Film Room. I'm your host, Andrew Gribble. In our final breakdown, Joe dissects his good friend and Browns star defensive end, Miles Garrett. Since being drafted number one by the Browns in 2017, Garrett has been a big part of Cleveland's resurgence, gathering over 20 sacks and four forced fumbles in just 27 games. We hope you enjoy Joe's breakdown of Miles Garrett. Archie, this is a player you never had to match up against on the field. That's a good thing, but that's because he was one of your teammates for the final yeah. part of your career. Miles Garrett, just take me back first to the moment you found out this guy was joining your team.
1: I didn't know a whole lot about him in college. I'm a big college football fan, but I watch mostly Big Ten. I watch all the Wisconsin games. And so uh, knowing he was going to be a top pick, you didn't really know what you were going to get until he showed up. And you started watching him in OTAs and... I'll never forget the one moment when I realized, like, whoa, this dude's going to be legit. There was a a clip that we actually showed in the team meeting. It was a screenplay, and Miles was on the opposite side of the field. The ball was snapped. Miles ran up the field 10 yards or so behind the quarterback. Quarterback drops back, dumps the ball off to the running back. Running back catches the ball 15 yards or so between him and Miles, and Miles is behind him. And he starts running down the field, down the sideline in practice, you know, and so nobody's tackling him in practice. People are tagging off on him, but he's running. Well, here comes Miles. All of a sudden, Miles is running full speed. Granted, from the moment the ball snapped until the moment he tags off on the runner 65 yards down the field, he's going full speed. But about 20 yards, you can see Miles kind of clicks it into that next gear. All of a sudden, his stride length gets longer. It gets faster, more powerful, and he runs down that running back. 60 yards down the field, running faster than almost any defensive back I've ever seen in my entire life. And they made a point about the hustle, that this is the type of intensity, this is the type of hustle we need from all of you guys on defense. And it was just remarkable to watch that second gear that he had that not many defensive linemen in NFL history have been able to run that fast that far down the field
0: now maybe this is even peeling it back even more what did you think the first time you saw this guy lifting weights <laughs>
1: well the first time i saw him in the locker
0: room i was like
1: damn how much do you bench because he is just chiseled it's amazing how strong he is and we used to do this thing in the weight room where it was the pull test So basically what it is, is they've got an Olympic weight bar that's set up to a machine that registers the force that you're able to just basically pick it up. And you're you're lifting it using basically the power clean technique. So you're just kind of bending over the bar, bend ankles, knees, and hips, and you're just trying to lift it as hard as you can for about five seconds. And then it registers the power with which you're lifting. And I was always really, really powerful and explosive in my hips a lot of times they say that's the measure of the type of athlete you are because your hips are what create the power. And I had the record by far. Nobody was even close. It was like, you know, 1,800 pounds or I don't even remember what the measurement was. And the next closest person was like 1,200. So I far and away was the most powerful person by this measure on the entire team. And Miles comes in as a rookie and he's like, hey, what's the top number? I'm going to beat it. And everyone's like, yeah, right. You know, he's a big, strong dude. We know he's fast, but He grabs that bar and he pulls on it and he doesn't have the technique I have. I've got pretty good technique at everything I do so I kind of can cheat the system a little bit and he didn't beat me (laughs) but he was really close and uh, that strength coach that we had left so I'm hoping that I can retire that number before he beats it because I know if you gave him a couple more attempts at it he would definitely beat it because he is one of the most explosive players not just watching him on the field but watching him work in the weight room the way he can just quickly throw weights around is just remarkable. Yeah, and we've
0: seen a lot of physical freaks come to the NFL, you're impressed by their bodies, impressed by what they do at the combine, and then they don't do very much. Like, they're just not great football players. Miles, obviously, very good football player. What is it that he does to use that body that he's been blessed with on the field to become just such a dangerous passer?
1: Well, I think one of the things that Miles does that's unique, obviously he's got the speed and the power and the strength, but his ankles bend Mm -hmm. like, you know, a stiff person's got a 90 degree bend in their ankle. The more you can bend your ankle is the more power you can generate from the ground up. And that's where you're generating the the power in, in football and in life is from the ground. And so those ankles on him, he's almost able to put his shins on the top of his uh, shoelaces, which is just incredible. And so when he's running full speed and he puts that foot in the ground and he creates that big ankle bend, now he's got a huge bend in his knee, and now he's got that huge bend in his hip, and he's able to load like a spring, like a coil on a spring where now he's able to explode through the defense, uh, the offensive tackle and you see that over and over again the way he he'll run up the field and he threatens a guy with his speed up the field gets that offensive tackle a little bit off balance and he puts that foot in the ground and he's got that big bend in his knee ankle and his hip and he just explodes right through that offensive tackle's chest and he creates so much power that he shocks that offensive tackle and he'll knock him off balance, he'll knock him into the quarterback, or a lot of times what he just does is he basically just knocks him back, forces the quarterback to step up, then he just easily falls off inside and makes the sack.
0: Yeah, and his entire rookie year, your last season with the Browns, he was hurt for the majority of the season, and you probably were on the practice field the day that he had that injury that kind of set him back a little bit to start the year. How remarkable was it what he was able to do after that ankle injury when really his whole rookie year he wasn't
1: 100%? Yeah, it's, it's pretty incredible what he did his, as his rookie season, and a lot of people thought, oh, he, he disappointed a little bit because um, he didn't have 15 sacks as the first right. pick in the draft. But what he relies on, what he does best, like I mentioned, was the way he can bend his ankles and create that power from the ground up. And when you have a high ankle sprain and a really bad one at that, You can't even get up on your toes because those ligaments are so damaged and so painful that you just can't do it. And so basically his entire game is destroyed when he's not able to have those ankles performing at a fully functioning level. And to still be able to do what he did, kind of falling back on some of the other things that he does well, speed, quickness, smarts, hand fighting... um, it's, it's pretty amazing when yeah. you think about him as a rookie.
0: And then the, the film we have here, though, this is as fresh as Miles is going to be. Game one, 2018, he's fully recovered. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah, so I mean, what, what are you seeing here that just shows that this is Miles at his peak right, right now?
1: Man, I love watching Miles. Um, it was really fun being on his team the first season because being the left tackle, I was able to give him a lot of tips and tell him, hey, man, this is what gives me a hard time. This is what I'm seeing from you. These are the things that maybe your coach might not even see that I think you can work on that will help your game. And he was so smart and talented that he could do those things. And, and so from a coach's standpoint, he's a dream pupil because it's important to him. He's smart, he understands it, and he's able to go out and do things that are really challenging concepts. So right here what you see He's he's starting off, and he's putting both hands into Alejandro Villanueva's chest. And what he's trying to do is kind of get the offensive tackle to stop his feet. And then what he's going to try to do is he's going to try to knock the offensive tackle off balance by jerking him to the inside and then reaccelerating his feet and ripping up the field. But where Miles is elite, and he reminds me a lot of Von Miller when he does this, is right here. He's about, I think, Six or seven yards up the field right now. The tackle's in okay position. The tackle can probably run him past the quarterback if he accelerates his feet. But what Miles does really exceptionally well is watch how he dips his inside shoulder and his body is nearly parallel to the ground. I'm talking the grass. So He bends his body almost down to the grass and he dips his shoulder so low that the only surface the offensive tackle has to touch is his back. And as you know, it's almost impossible to touch somebody's back and have any effect because as soon as you put your hands on the defensive lineman's back, they're going to slip right off and he's going to slip underneath your hands. And that's exactly what you see on this play. We watch Miles right here. He gets to the point of contact with the tackle. Tackle's got his hands on his back. Miles dips that inside shoulder, and then he's able to bend those ankles. Watch the bend in his ankles when he's getting around this corner. He's so low that he's actually putting his hand on the ground. If you ever remember watching the Winter Olympics with Anton Apollo Ono oh, yeah. where he would go around those corners at such speed, and they just put their hands on that ice. That's basically the exact same position that you see from Miles right there. He's got his shoulders, so his back is turned to the defensive, uh, the offensive tackle. He's got his hand on the ground. His knees, ankles, and his hips are maximally bent. And he's about to spring almost like a, a puma or a cougar out of that position, downhill back onto the quarterback that's trying to climb in the pocket. And you'll see right here, he's able to get the sack on Roethlisberger because Roethlisberger sees that the coverage is there. He can't throw the football and Miles hits him from behind and almost causes a sack fumble.
0: Now, I know uh, later in this game, he records what was, I believe, one of the fastest sacks in the NFL throughout the entire season. Really? I think it was because he was not touched. So I, think yeah, that, well, that helps. I mean, what, what is it about his, his, his get-off, though, that makes it kind of a special So player? that was one of the big things that I talked to him about in his rookie season
1: was the time from when the ball is snapped to when he makes his first move. When you're going against college guys, everybody's laid off the ball, in my opinion, from my perspective in college. Offensive lineman, defensive lineman, ball is snapped, then they move. In order, in my opinion, to be on time, what I consider on time, the second that ball starts moving at all from the center, everyone should be moving, at least on the offensive and defensive line. There was a little bit of lag Miles' rookie year, especially when he first got there, from when the ball was snapped to when he would start moving. And we talked a lot about, I thought that was because he wasn't pre-tensioning his muscles in his body to anticipate the snap. So when the snap comes, you can't be relaxed. Watch the ball be snapped, then go. You've gotta have all those muscles pre-tensioned. You gotta have your cleats in the ground. You gotta have everything in your body and your mind, like a spring, like we talked about, coiled and ready to go. So as soon as that trigger, whatever it is, when you're, if you're watching the back of the football, if you're watching the offensive lineman's downhand, if you're watching the offensive lineman's head, whatever that trigger is for you to know that the ball's been snapped, as soon as that trigger happens, you're able to uncoil that spring and go. And you could see that improvement from year one to year two with Miles because now he's getting off the football and he's threatening that offensive lineman right from the snap. There's no delay at all in when his body uncoils uh, out of his stance from when the ball is snapped. And I think it's made a big difference and made him an even better pass rusher.
0: Now, if there's one thing you can ding miles on for this past season, Pro Bowl season, incredible second season, he had a few offsides penalties. Mm-hmm. Is that something you think you're willing to live with as a defender or is, how, how can he get even better at avoiding those kind of penalties?
1: So what I think you'll see is over time, those false start penalties will reduce a little bit just from experience. Yeah. But I remember talking to the great Kyle Williams from the Buffalo Bills, and he was well-known for getting one, maybe two offsides (laughs) every single game. But you know what? We had a whole game plan specifically for him. He completely changed what we could do as an offense because he was getting into our backfield so quickly. He got off the ball so fast, we couldn't go on the same snap count at all the entire game. And so they were so disruptive with that. He told me, he said, you know what? I might have a couple offsides, but you know what? That's only five yards. I am changing what you guys do on offense. And so an offsides for me is just the cost of doing business. It's just a business expense. (laughs) Just like any business out there, you're going to have to spend a little bit of money to get some profits. And for a defensive lineman, a guy like Kyle Williams, a guy like Miles Garrett, you're going to get some offsides when you're so... On, when you're on such a hair trigger to be able to go when that ball is snapped, occasionally you are gonna get triggered and you're gonna jump off sides, but you know what? Nine times out of ten, you're gonna get off on the snap count and do something very disruptive. And a sack, a forced fumble, a TFL, even a quarterback hit is so much more valuable that the risk of getting a measly five yard penalty it far outweighs. Uh, the reward far outweighs the risk. Now, as you become an older, more savvy player, you learn when to pick and choose your moments that you take those risks. Obviously, third and one, game on the line. You're not gonna be on that hair trigger. You're gonna be thinking, okay, this is probably a moment when that offense might be going on two. They might be going on a hard three. So I need to sit in there. I don't wanna take the risk right now because if I jump off sides, that five yards is huge. But if it's third and 10, third and 12, and a sack would be huge, but an, a false start, or excuse me, an offsides penalty wouldn't be that big of a deal because now it's just third and six, third and seven, third and five. That's when you're going to take those risks a little bit more. And then also you start tying in your scouting report on these guys. Okay, does this quarterback go on too? I'm going to listen to the audio from the game from the last week. I'm going to hear their snap count, I'm going to live that snap count all week so it becomes second nature. I'm going to know when they like to go on two. I'm going to know the code words that the offensive linemen use. Hey, hey, Charlie, Charlie, that means it's on hard three. I'm a defensive lineman, I'm smart, I know what I'm doing so now I can focus in on those little details in the game. I heard that offensive lineman say, Adam, I know it's on one. Adam, A is the first letter (laughs) in the alphabet. It's on one. I can confidently pin my ears back and get after that quarterback. Hey. They said, Beta, I know it's on two. He said, Omaha, I know it's on set hut. Whatever that is, those are the sort of intricacies, games within the game that a guy like Miles is going to get really good at later on in his career. And so I think you're going to see those offsides come down a little bit with through time, but it's the cost of doing business when you're a Pro Bowl pass rusher.
0: Yeah, and it seemed like when he his first ever snap in the NFL, he didn't even line up against a left tackle. They put him on the inside. I mean, how how much value does he have when you can put him on the inside and how how tough of a matchup is he's a tough matchup for everyone, but how tough is it for some of those interior guys to handle someone like miles? Well, uh,
1: my last season when miles was there, John Greco was my left guard that played a lot with me when Joel was hurt and he used to dread when miles would come (laughs) in there because the difference in quickness and speed between miles and anybody else that lines up over there, even an Aaron Donald is so vast that your brain and your body is not able to adjust quickly enough because you're used to playing against one speed for first and second down, and all of a sudden, third down, you've got a Ferrari in there instead of a jalopy. You just, you, your eyes can't move quick enough. Imagine going to the batting cage and you're sitting in there watching the 60 mile an hour pitches come in and you're hitting every single one of them. And all of a sudden you come into the 90 mile an hour cage and you don't even know you're in there. Which is basically what happened at Miles' first snap <laughs> of the game. Miles lines up over the left guard. He doesn't even know who he is, and that ball comes out of that pitching machine and goes past you at 90 miles, hour, ninety miles an hour, and you didn't even know it went through there. You didn't even see the the ball because it was so fast. It was such a
0: change in speed, and that's what Miles Garrett brings. So, it, if you're, I mean, if you're looking at left tackles across the NFL, who who is the best equipped? You don't have to name names, but what type of left left tackle is best equipped to stop? I think of a couple guys
1: that are just fantastic tackles, um, amazing quickness, strength, speed. Tyron Smith, Trent Williams, those are two guys that are big, strong, quick, fast guys that can maintain the speed that Miles brings, the quickness, the change of direction, but they're also big and strong enough with good enough balance to be able to sit in there and handle when Miles goes to the bull rush. Because when Miles turns his upfield rush into a bull rush, He's enormously powerful. Like I mentioned, the, the power that he creates with his hands, his spine angle, the bend that he has in his ankles, knees, and hips is incredible. He creates a lot of power. And then he puts those hands in that def- that offensive lineman's chest. It's difficult to not get knocked
0: back. And you have to be a big, strong man to be able to absorb that. Yeah, we've we've talked about Miles. We've gotten to know him here the last couple of years. He's a different guy. He talks to you. Yeah, he does That's talk occasionally. That's kind of a surprise yeah. because usually he doesn't talk to anybody. No, he, he's a different guy, but carries himself with as much confidence as as anyone out there. He's a great, great person. He's a wonderful teammate,
1: super, super smart. He's just got very different interests than most NFL players. (laughs) He'd prefer to write poetry and uh, read than go and play video games and go to the clubs, which is a little bit different for an NFL (laughs) player. But it's great, it's unique, and to me, that's what makes the NFL so cool. It's all the unique personalities that you meet along the way.
0: And, and it, are you even, are you surprised, maybe, or, or is it just part of the personality that he's willing to not maybe call out a Ben Roethlisberger, but talk about how excited he is to, to bring a guy like that down? And how much do you think that that kind of confidence was needed for, for a team like this?
1: I think he just fits in so well because he just brings such a unique aspect from a personality standpoint, from a, a witty standpoint that uh, he's a guy that can make any defense better you know if you just got 11 meatheads on the defense that's great that's great (laughs) to have tough meatheads but to have a guy that's real cerebral and thoughtful like that and to be able to just be different it's fun for the fans but it's also great for a defense because having that variety on defense of different personalities
0: and different skill sets i think is valuable so what what do you this is only two years into his career we've we've gone over all these other pass rushers it seems like their prime hits it out four, five, six years in. I mean, where where does his game evolve after this, this season?
1: When I watch him now, I don't even really know if there's any one thing you could say, wow, he needs to do better at this. All I'll say is with experience will come a wider variety of pass rush moves and an even better understanding of when to use them and how to use them. And just like anything, you you on a, an assembly line, you're going to get better at doing whatever you do because you do it more often. And Miles is going to be doing the same stuff for a bunch of years, and he's just going to get better because he's just doing it over and over and over. And a lot of times the difference between a sack and a quarterback hit is a, is a split second. And a sack and not even a quarterback hit is a tenth of a second. And so you just get slightly better at your pass rush move or your little technique all of a sudden that goes from not hitting the quarterback to hitting the quarterback and then the next season you just get a little bit better and it goes from hitting the quarterback to being a sack and being an enormous play that changes the outcome of the game and maybe the season
0: so there's some games where he's out there where he doesn't finish the game with a sack or anything but how much is it truly are you truly able to quantify the impact that he's had on that game it's impossible to quantify the impact
1: you know, with modern technology and uh, analytics, you try to say, well, he had this number of effects on the quarterback from being close, forcing the quarterback out of the pocket, uh, hitting the quarterback, changing the, the arm angle. But what you can't account for is how they have to change the game plan. Yeah. You know, they have to keep an extra running back in, they have to slide the line to him, they have to double team him, they have to put a tight, a tight end in there to chip him. And so what that does is that limits the number of people that are getting out in the route. That slows the flat release by the running back, which changes the coverage. Now they don't have a, a flat control on, in their secondary and they're able to sag deeper on those deeper routes. So you've got Antonio Brown running uh, a 17 yard sideline route and that flat defender doesn't have to be there anymore. He can sag off and take away some of that throw. Because they don't have that guy in the backfield that can control that flat anymore because he's in trying to help Miles. And it's the way that you change the offenses as a game plan just by showing up. That's something that will never show up on the stat sheet. And does he
0: get enough credit for what he does in the run
1: game? I don't think you ever get enough credit (laughs) for what you do in the run game as a defensive lineman because they're not as sexy as as Sacks. But Miles is so disruptive. When you look at, I think, the play right here was just... Unbelievable what Miles did. He actually, if you, if you watch this play right here, Alejandro does a really nice job. Miles gets off the snap, and you can see Miles is going to go and try to stab Alejandro right here in the chest. And Alejandro's smart enough. He knows that when an, a defensive lineman goes to stab you, you can take your hand and knock it down, and they're out of balance, and they're a lot of times going to fall to the This is one knock. of the
0: best left tackles in the NFL right well, now, too. He's,
1: he's a Pro Bowl left tackle. This guy's a great player watch when he hits Miles hand Miles actually does kind of lose his balance a little bit you can see the shoulders go forward he does his Apollo Antonono puts his hand on the ground but he's able to somehow maintain his balance on the slippery field no less yeah. to be able to get his footing back stand back up and without losing any speed or direction turn the corner take a hard left knock the ball out of James Conner's hands Tackle him, and now if you keep going, he gets up, and he almost gets in on a block. I mean, it's just (laughs) remarkable what he's able to do on that play, and those are the things that you don't get credit for, but those are the game-changing plays that you make as a Pro Bowl defensive end.
0: If you've missed any of our episodes, log on to clevelandbrowns.com or wherever you get your podcasts. For Joe Thomas, I'm Andrew Gribble. Thanks for listening.